0: The 25th law and gospel and we're going to be doing a hymn today entitled come holy ghost creator blessed and that particular hymn is found in our hymnal on page 498 it was uh next to the te deum which is the most praised of ancient latin hymns come holy ghost creator blessed is considered to be the one with great dignity and ritual, actual bells, incense, vestments. Its six original stanzas date from the 10th century, and the final doxological stanza differs from one source to another. We're really uncertain who the original author was. Most say, well, it was Edgar C. S. Gibson. And there were, very interestingly, a whole bunch of translations made of it, 33 English translations. But the translation that we were interested in is the one given by Martin Luther. He gave a seven stanza translation in 1524. And it has become the hymn for the day of Pentecost. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For Holy Trinity Sunday. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at. The hymn for Holy Trinity Sunday. Come Holy Ghost, Creator Blessed. And you're wondering, well, that sounds like a another Pentecost hymn. Well, it is, but it... Often talks about the Holy Trinity, and we'll take a look at that as I, Tom Baker, work with Mark Smith on this. Come, Holy Ghost, Creator, blessed. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing fine, Tom. Well, that's looking good. Forward,
1: looking forward to summer.
0: Looking for you're always looking forward to the next season. <laughs> yes, I'm. I like the change of seasons. Well. I don't know about you, it was 90 degrees around here. Yeah,
1: yeah. I always like summer to take its time. I'm always sad to see summer go. Really? Yeah. Well, a lot of times... Even St. St. Louis summers.
0: Yeah, during the summer times, we often don't have very much to do. In in a sense, the school is out, the confirmation is over, but you still can get to see shut-ins, etc., Although, you speak
1: for yourself, Tom. i got plenty to do. <laughs>
0: well, that's because you're an interim pastor. Vacancy pastor. Oh, you're you're in charge of doing the call? I'm a vacancy pastor. No, no. Are you in charge of doing the call? No. No, no. That's the vacancy pastor. We're interim pastors. Okay. There, there, there is a distinction. All right, let's get on. Well, no, that's the correct understanding in the synod. Okay. Stanza one, come Holy Ghost, creator blessed, and make our hearts your place of rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid and fill the hearts which you have made. So what's significant about that first verse from your point of view?
1: Come, Holy Ghost, creator blessed, and make our hearts uh, your place of rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid and fill the hearts which you have made. Well, what's interesting about that is that he actually, we, we, we're praying for him to come and fill our hearts, which he himself has made. What heart? You know, God's, God's the creator of our hearts. And we're asking the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, those which he, has, he himself has made. What heart? The heart Are you time.
0: talking about creation? Uh, y- y- Yes, yes. No, well, heart- th- those hearts ended up being sinful. This is supposed to be hearts we get where we have our place of rest.
1: Created by that- a clean
0: heart, oh God. Right, very good. That's okay. David's prayer. right? And that's the heart that he's talking about here, because right. our own hearts are not a place of rest for Jesus Christ, but with his grace and heavenly aid, he fill our hearts which you have made. This is a problem that I hear a lot in the church or throughout the country, that people keep saying that we human beings are made in the image of God. Well, that may have been true originally Originally. with Adam and Eve, but we fell from that image. That's right. And so how is that image restored? Uh, it's begun to be
1: restored in, well, I know you, you, you and I, I'm, I'm not sure if we differ on this or not. I've, I was always taught that that, that that image is begun to be restored at baptism, and it's not fully restored until you know, until this mortal puts on immortality.
0: When did that happen to Abraham? Oh, I would say uh, when God reckoned
1: it to him as righteousness. Yes. His his faith. Yes. So he he had the full image of God. He believed in the promises of God, and God reckoned it to him as righteousness.
0: Exactly. And, And that's really what the Reformation is all about. When you have that trust, or what we call faith, in the promises of the gospel, God reckons you as righteous. He regards you as righteous in his sight and therefore it can uh, begin to grow, but we call that the life of sanctification, but justification is totally done. In fact, Jesus talks about that through his word, the disciples were already made clean. And remember that vision that Peter had, do not consider to be common that which I have declared to be clean. Right, right. From God's
1: perspective, we are clean. That's right. Yes. But we, di- but you know as well as I do, we daily sin much, and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. We right. continue on sinning. But from God's perspective, God looks at us through Christ's robe of righteousness, and He pronounces us clean. You are right there. But I was always taught that we we begin uh, to have our the the divine image restored at baptism, and uh, it's not fully and completely restored until death or the last day
0: if it's not restored how do you go to heaven
1: well it does say we 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 this mortal must put on immortality well
0: uh yeah see i i believe it's fully restored at baptism. you think it's fully restored right that
1: is is there any room for difference on that on that issue on that question
0: if I felt there was a difference, then I would have a trouble talking to a, a shut-in who is about to die and worried about their salvation. I'm okay. not going to look to them and say, well, you are not totally righteous in God's sight yet.
1: Okay. You still have a ways to go. i got to restudy that issue. I, I I seem to remember, I'm just going on my memory right now, I, that uh, that the image has begun to be restored in holy baptism, and it uh, it is it, it's not fully restored until until finally we get to heaven, where we no longer sin or anything. But I'll I'll take another look
0: at that. Right. I. I you see, remember the wonderful Latin, "Simul Justus et et Peccator." Right. We're seminer, sinner and saint at the same time. Exactly, and so that's a hundred percent of each. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. go ahead with stanza two, please. Okay.
1: Uh, to you, the counselor, we cry. To you, the gift of God most high. The fount of life, the fire of love, the soul's anointing from above. Okay,
0: why is he referred to as counselor? Uh, it's it's talking to the Holy Spirit. Yes. This is a hymn to
1: the Holy Spirit. It's it's actually technically a Pentecost hymn, but as you said, it's also
0: used on uh, Holy Trinity. And why is he counselor? Can you think of a Bible verse that refers to him as counselor? Let's see, let's see, let's see. Counselor. What does counselor.
1: Jesus say to his disciples? Oh, he says, I will send you a counselor or
0: comforter. Right? Well, he actually says, I will send you another counselor. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So who's the first? Well, he himself. Who's he? He
1: he is the counselor. Jesus is our counselor. Yes. But the Holy Spirit is the other counselor.
0: Exactly.
1: The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the
0: Son. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a difference uh, between us and some other denominations that in fact, it divided the uh, Roman Catholic Church from the Eastern Orthodox, where the Eastern Orthodox did not believe he also proceeded from the Son. That's right. There was quite a division there. Well said. Yeah. And yet, that's exactly what that Bible verse says. Jesus says, I will send you another counselor. Yes. And then he's going to do the things that he has said he will be doing. And the so, Nicene
1: Creed, the Nicene Creed makes it clear, which you know, we, we, which we confess, that He proceeds from the Father and the
0: Son. Yeah, and um, and I don't know about you, this Sunday, which Creed are you doing? We're going
1: to use the Athanasian Creed. We too. To. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think it's important, at least on Trinity Sunday, at least once a year, to uh, to reflect on that uh, Creed.
0: Now, there's different ways in saying that. The hymnal actually suggests you go verse by verse. I guess the pastor says one verse and the congregation says the next. Is that how you're going to do it, or have you decided?
1: Yeah, I, I'm right. I'm going to—I've uh, I've broken it up myself. I've got the congregation reading some sections, and uh, I mean, I, and it's going to be a, a responsive
0: reading. Yes, well said. Uh, I was in a congregation once. I was visiting to do it. And they had the men do a section, the women do a section, and then together, and then the pastor alone, and this sort of thing. So there's a number of ways to do it. It takes about seven minutes,
1: yeah, that's right, and i you know, I always have the congregation be seated. <laughs> oh, why is that? i well i i i, I, th- I th- because it's so long for one thing, I want the people to be reflecting upon the words. I really feel strongly about it. I want them to be reflecting on the words. I don't want them standing there thinking, "Oh boy, when are we going to be done with this?" You know what I mean? So I don't I'm, put any I don't put any more hoops in front of my congregation than I have to. I like them to I like to them to to uh to be able to to sit down and really truly reflect on what we're saying.
0: I'll have to give some thought to that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And so uh, that's now the other creeds.
1: The other creeds aren't that long, and uh, I I have them stand for the other creeds. But the Athanasian Creed, uh, I make that decision
0: because it follows. Actually, depending on what service you're using, I'm using a service where the creed doesn't follow till after the sermon and after the prayers. Right. So uh, you use the hymnal for the liturgy, right? Yes, yeah, I've altered it a little bit this Sunday because oh, of really? the Athanasian Creed, yeah, just just slightly Oh, okay, alright uh, Better tell people what church you're at so they can come and hear <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm at St. Paul's Lutheran Church out
1: in Wildwood
0: Yes uh, It's
1: a fine, historic congregation I'm I'm very much enjoying uh, being a uh, vacancy pastor there
0: Well, I hear from the people that they enjoy also, and uh, particularly the, the sermons. So would you read stanza three, please? Okay, let's see. In you with graces sevenfold,
1: we God's almighty hand behold, while you with tongues of fire proclaim to all the world his
0: holy name. Now, see, that's part of the task of the counselor. Jesus says that he will convict you of sin, convict you of righteousness, and also of judgment. So here, what are the sevenfold graces? Did you understand that? That would be something to teach the children.
1: Yes. Well, sevenfold graces, That's uh, that's uh, th- that bespeaks the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh that, that it, it's his it's his grace that we're given.
0: Yes, there's a list of seven items that are involved with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the number seven is also the code for the Holy Spirit. Right. And uh, we get uh, the gifts of God Most High. So the Holy Spirit in stanza two is referred to as God. And in stanza three we God's almighty hand behold. So this is very important to understand for the Trinity Sunday. Is there a distinction between the attributes of Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit? No, I would say their attributes are the same. Exactly. And so all three are almighty. We we talked that, you know, omnipotent, And omniscient, Omniscient. he's all knowing, and omnipresent, Mm -hmm. where he's everywhere. That's right. Now, it's referring to while you with tongues of fire proclaim to all the world his holy name. When did that occur? Uh,
1: The tongues of fire uh, settled on the heads of the uh, of the original disciples uh, on that day of Pentecost. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that was manifested in that, uh, well, the sound of the mighty wind, and uh, suddenly they had these tongues-like fire uh, settling on their heads.
0: And later on, when uh, Peter was talking to Cornelius, the Gentile, and the group of people he had, they also spoke in tongues, and that was the evidence that they too, as Gentiles, received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it was like a mini Pentecost, if you will. Well said. All right, stands four. Your light to every thought impart and shed your love in every heart the weakness of our mortal state with deathless might invigorate. Now, that's interesting that the word invigorate is a, a rhyme to our mortal state. So what does invigorate mean? Invigorate is uh is uh give life and vitality. Yes. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. Jesus talked about the Pharisees being the walking dead. Right. So apart from faith in Christ, you don't have life. Yeah. And And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Apart from me you can do nothing. So that is right. Well said. It certainly destroys uh, being able to make a choice to become a Christian. Right. Yeah, All right we can stan- God. He's chosen us. Yes. Stanza five, please.
1: Drive far away our, w- our wily foe and your abiding peace bestow with you as our protecting guide no evil can with us abide. I always yeah, that... like that. I always like that. I don't know why, but I always like, uh, I like Satan described as a wily foe. You, you hear that in other hymns the same way. But he is, really? he's a wily character. You know, he's, Satan is, uh, you, you know, he's, uh, he's
0: shifty and uh, you've got to beware of him. Which even Adam were not. right. Yeah, eat of the fruit of the tree and the knowledge of good and evil. You're going to become like God, knowing good yeah. and evil. Yeah, well, he speaks in he speaks in half truths all the time. You know, that's so a good you way of putting really it. Really got to watch him. And and that occurs in our his temptations of us at all times. You but bet. wily foe. And um, in this day and age, with the virus and people are out of jobs, that last line, no evil can with us abide that's right we're always looking to the future and knowing that even in the midst of evil jesus is at our side that's right and where jesus is at our side the devil can't stay around for very long at all no and so therefore stanza six and remember this was the second most important hymn at the time uh, compared to the te deum Teach us to know the Father, Son, and you from both as three in one, that we your name may ever bless, and in our lives the truth confess. Now, there's a reading that really talks about the truth being confessed. It's from Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah says, Woe is me. And what yes. does God do to him? He takes... The
1: the angel takes the coal off the altar with a yep. set of tongues and he touches it to his lips and he says... Uh, and he declares him clean.
0: Yes. Being declared clean then, he is able to be the one who blesses the name of God and confesses the truth because... Well, one of the hymns we're going to be singing, Here Am I, Send Me, Send Me. Here
1: Am I. You took the words right out of my mouth. He was able to say, Here Am I, Send Me, Send Me.
0: Yes. Yes. That's going to be the closing hymn. Uh Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, this will be the opening hymn in our churches. Okay. Then the sermon hymn is going to be, I'll give you the first word, Isaiah. Isaiah, mighty seer in days of old. That's a great hymn. Yeah. One of the most difficult to sing if you don't have the notes in front of you. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it's uh, it's a great hymn. Yeah, yeah, I've written two more verses to that. Oh, you have? Yes. And so I went to show it to the organist at St. Paul de the Pair. And guess what he told me? He had also written two verses, and those are the ones we sang. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you talk yeah, about because, the theme? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but in the hymn, it doesn't talk about uh, touching his lips with the coal or sending him to do his work. Right. So how do we conclude this particular hymn with verse 7? With a doxological verse. Praise we the Father
1: and the Son and Holy Spirit with them one. And may the Son on us bestow the gifts that from the Spirit
0: flow. Now that's really important that the Holy Spirit comes from the Father and the Son that's to right. the point that the Son is going to bestow the gifts that from the Spirit flow because he sends. In fact, he, he has a Bible verse doesn't Jesus say it is to your advantage that yes what?
1: yeah that was in last Sunday's uh, gospel he says if I don't if I don't go I know you're sorry to see me go but if I don't go uh, the Holy Spirit cannot come I I, I, must, I will ascend it's to your advantage that I go away yes and if I go away I will send the Holy Spirit to you. So that's kind of a, boy, that's a mysterious verse. He can't, and yet at the same time, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So it seems that the Holy Spirit proceeded from Jesus even when he was right in front of them. But this special outpouring, it's just, it's kind of a mystery how he has to ascend to the Father in order to send uh The Holy Holy Spirit Spirit at Pentecost. In that full outpouring. I don't, you know, that's a mystery to us, I think.
0: All in a mystery means, well, yes I did, but we don't have time. All right, thanks so very much, Pastor Mark Smith. Uh, Tomorrow on Law and Gospel, it's a Wednesday, and we'll be talking about an issue that I think you'll be interested in. So join us. I'm Tom Baker, and you listen to Pastor Mark Smith. Go and listen to him on Sunday. Uh, Until then, God bless you.